welcome to Law of Attraction in Action. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Michelle Joy, and I am your host. And as always, I'm so excited to attract such amazing people to my podcast. I'm getting people who are just coming out of the woodworks and are sharing their journeys. And today's guest is very special to me because I have known Jorge Cortez for a very long time. He used to come to my group. And he was always that person who came to my meetup group that I teach with so much joy and so much happiness. And he had this energy about him that happiness was the most important thing to him. So I've been following him on social media because we've kind of lost touch. And I've seen his journey going to India and and meeting the Dalai Lama. And I don't even know what he's done. This is my first time talking to him, too, since he's been back in the United States. But Jorge, I'm so, so glad you're here. Thank you for being on my show. Thank you for the opportunity to share the story with your audience. So what I would like to start with, what I do with every person on my uh, show, is I ask, how did you come into the Law of Attraction and how has it changed your life? Well, for me, the Law of Attraction has been something that I have been implementing in my life from a very uh, post standpoint. I've always been very driven. But when it actually came into reality, into like a formal thing for me, was when I actually... In a two-month period, I went to three major milestones of my life. Uh, not very good ones, but they shared, uh, they, I was able to learn a lot from them. I actually was married, ended up getting divorced. I fell and I broke my finger. And then the company that I was working for closed down. So I ended up without a relationship, without friends, no money, a broken finger. And basically, all the things that I have went after in my life, ended up non-existent. I had a, a fortunate uh, friend that shared with me the book, The Secret. Uh, and then also a set of uh, DVDs about exercise. So I was left uh, in my sister's house, just reading the book, The Secret every day, doing exercise and looking for a job. And then during this time, it gave me a lot of opportunity to really dwell and go deep into the methods around the law of attraction and then being able to truly understand what they could be, what they could do in my life. And then what are the things that I could actually bring into my own so that I could actually see it in life. So that's how I formally went into the law of attraction. And when I met you, where were you in your life? Because you came to my law of attraction group and you were, you were just on this amazing, I felt like you were at the crossroads of your journey. Yes, during that time, I had actually just moved from Miami over to Portland. All of this happened in Portland, so I arrived to Portland single and ready for new opportunities after I had spent already a year and a half without a job. And then being focused on, on my dreams and the things that I wanted to pursue in, in Portland. And you always had big dreams. I love that. Yes, since the beginning, well, um, I have had the fortunate uh, opportunity to meet people like you and, and others that have mentored me and I always been there to give me a, a push and an inspiration to continue moving forward. Um, one of the things that drove me to Portland was because I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. And then I heard that many people in Portland actually would uh, quit their jobs and then just travel forever. And that's one of the things that actually brought me to Portland aside from the much more uh, relaxed and spiritual uh, way of life that people in Portland tend to have. Oh, I didn't know that was why you were drawn to Portland. I love that. 
And so when you, last I saw you, I actually, I think I saw you at a Tony Robbins event. It may have been the last time I've seen you. <laughs> How, what happened since then? Tell me about your, tell us about your journey. And these are kind of aligned with your dreams of traveling, right? So interesting how I, I will always talk about the people that travel as a way of putting them in a, in a big pillar. Um, I will call them my heroes, that they were able to live a high-paying, comfortable, and safe uh, job in the corporate world. And then they were able to just take one year, two years, three years off and just see the world. And um, so this has been a, a six-year journey um, in which I have been able to basically align different things that I have been able to pass through my life and be able to set myself for, for that to happen. Um, three years ago, I was actually ready to in, in go on this journey of traveling. But then my greatest, one of my greatest goals uh, was to get a job at, at Nike came to, to fruition the month when I actually had quit my job at another corporation. And then I was setting myself ready to travel. And then they called me up two weeks before I was going to leave on my flight to, uh, to Amsterdam. And then they just called me and offered me a job. So that was three years ago. And uh, finally ended up making that decision. It was hard, but it, may, may it finally happened. And uh, I was able to end that, um, that job. And then in the last uh, year and, and three months, I started basically traveling to Europe for four months. Then I took my mom uh, on a spiritual religious trip through uh, Rome and Jerusalem and different parts of Israel. And then basically I did these things because I wanted to set myself up to be able to be fully present in India. Um, so after doing all that, I ended up traveling to different parts of India, meeting different kinds of people, being able to connect with myself, be able to develop my spirituality, um, get, get more closer to my purpose. And after that, uh, the last um, six months, I've been living in Dharamsala, which is the north part of India. This is where the Dalai Lama uh, was forced to move as he had to basically flee from China when China invaded uh, Tibet uh, 60 years ago. And then now he has found refuge in this city called, as I said, Dharamsala. There's around 70,000 Tibetan refugees. And I've been in this place for the last six months, as I said. And uh, lately I've been working in a nonprofit in which they provide Tibetan refugees an opportunity to learn new languages and then also find purpose as they live in, in this new country that has opened their arms for them. Again, this is in India, not in Tibet. Wow. My dream has always been to go to Dharamsala. And did you actually meet the Dalai Lama? So I have been able to go to all these public uh, lectures. Uh, he does one probably every month and a half. So I haven't met him personally, but I have been very close to him in pictures and things like this. But I've been able to take groups over to meet him and be able to be in his presence. What's it like to be around him? Probably the, the first word is tears. It's incredible. Tears, tears. Uh, the amount of people, including myself, that just start crying when you see him. It's just magical. I have been in his presence at least five times. And the amount of compassion and inner joy 
that you see from a human being that you don't longer see him as a human being. He becomes this energy, this ball of light that you just hang on to. And, and the more you see him, the more he gives to you. And it's incredible. You know, obviously he doesn't proclaim himself to be a deity or any kind of God in this world. But the amount of energy and compassion that he has to serve other people in this world, it's just magical. So that's what I said, tears. Every time you see him, you come up with joy inside of you that all these tears of joy just come out of you. It's such a uh, overwhelming, relaxing, and simple experience that you're just left with so much happiness. You know what I love about you meeting him and saying all that is I always felt one of your superpowers, Jorge, is what your ability to feel happiness and joy. And it's a very strong attraction force for you because that's what you emanated to others is your happiness and joy. Not saying, you know, you're perfect. I mean, I saw as being perfect all the time, by the way, but I'm sure he weren't. But I love that you have attracted this situation where, A, you're traveling all over the world. You get to do things you love. You get the dream job. And then you get to be around in my opinion, the happiest being on this planet, which is the Dalai Lama. Actually, I had a picture of him in my, um, my last job on my desk is always a reminder of what I want to be or who I want to um, aspire to be like all the time as the Dalai Lama. So I love that you did that. And tell us more about your volunteer work that you did with the people there. Cause I, I've been watching you on Facebook and it's just, it's just so heartfelt and so amazing what you did. Well, um, I one of the of the reasons of going to India was actually to meet and or construct an army of people that would be focused on serving others. Uh, that was the, the mission that I set out to myself. And from a law of attraction perspective, this is something that I repeat with every single human being that I meet in this world. I repeat this this message of arriving and encountering this army of people, not from a violent perspective, but from a movement and and selfless initiative, they're willing to serve others. Um, so that's what, one of the reasons why it drove me to go to Dalai Lama and to the Buddhist community that is over there in Dharamsala. As I was saying, this is a place where most of the Tibetan refugees today uh, actually live. Uh, one of the things that not, not many people know is that they actually don't have a passport or a citizenship in India. Uh, they only get what they call the um, RC, which is a refugee certificate, which means that they are allowed to be in the country, but they're not able to travel basically anywhere. So all these refugees basically go to India. They stay there. And then what they do is they either, one, find an opportunity in a business or find some way to earn a living, or the other one is to go into this lottery system to which one day maybe they're able to travel to another country. So there's this um, Tibetan refugee, uh, which five years ago, uh, he founded an NGO called Tibet World. Um, he founded this organization as a way to be able to give back to the world all the help that he received. When he arrived uh, at 13 years old, he actually uh, ran away from Tibet without telling his parents. He crossed the Himalayas, which is, if you can imagine, this is high peaks, snow, 
extreme weather because the best time that you can cross is in the winter when nobody's there. That means no guards, no military presence on the Chinese side are there. And uh, he ended up going to uh, Nepal and into India. And then through that, he's, he was able to receive help from the Dalai Lama organizations. And long story short, now he's focusing his life to be able to give back. So he found he found this organization called Tibet World. Uh, today they have around 500 students in which they teach English, Chinese, German, and French. And then what we're basically working on is to be able to expand their coverage from a language institute to a place where it's actually going to be a, a university of compassion. And the purpose is that we're going to inspire people that by living through Tibetan values of compassion, you know, wisdom, finding happiness, that they're going to find joy by serving others. Mm. Oh my gosh, I love it. Oh, did you, so you're still going to be connected with that or what's, what's your vision or your role with this? So right now, um, basically in a, in a break, uh, visiting family after being out for a year, uh, I will be back in India in the beginning of uh, January. And then at this point, I'm going to be the person in charge of creating all the programs that we're going to be offering to both locals and international visitors around Tibetan values. So if you can imagine what constitutes Tibet, you know, what do we think about when we think about Tibet is usually around peace, around being connected with nature, about understanding this concept of interdependence, about practicing selflessness, about being at service to humanity and to the world. And, the, and then around this, you know, having this as the, as the umbrella of our mission, then you go much more detail into more tactical things as which, you know, all the way from how, how do you eat, how do you communicate with the people in the world? How do you actually become a representative of compassion to the world? What is the vision of the Dalai Lama of all this? Does he want this to grow into its own self-sustained culture within Dharamsala? Or? The Dalai Lama on, on a long-term plan um, is focused on creating multiple centers around the world in which the message of compassion it's spread all throughout the world. Um, right now, there's very few at this point universities of compassion. They're actually not called this way, but this is the main focus that they have. But he has understood that uh, he just uh, accomplished his 83rd birthday uh, back in July of this year. Uh, he understands that obviously he's getting older and still, you know, Tibet is not independent. Still, the world has a lot of opportunities to hear the message that the Tibetans are able to share with the world. So slowly, he has been creating all these different centers around the world to be able to spread the word. And we are one of those centers that right now we're focusing to be able to uh, share this message with the people that visit Dharamsala every day. Uh, every time the Dalai Lama has a lecture or any event, we have around 10,000 people that arrive to his temple. And probably of this, around 70% are foreigners and they are from all over the world. So it's a very good opportunity that we have there to be able to combine all of this influx of people from all over the world that are coming in together with also 
a lot of the monastics, a lot of the different Buddhist um, uh, monks and nuns that travel from all over the world to visit the Dalai Lama as well. And then also there's a growing uh, population of locals, of people from India that continue to follow the Dalai Lama and they had even found a, a, a new home in, in Dharamsala. So we're looking to connect all these people that are coming in both from India and from all over the world to be able to share information with each other. Did you imagine you would be there three years ago? I had no idea. I knew that the Dalai Lama existed. I, I still thought that the Dalai Lama was in Tibet, as many people still think. And I knew about this Dharamsala city that existed somewhere in the world. But I, I did tell myself that if I wanted to impact the world, I needed to be with the people that are doing it at the higher scale possible. I needed to support them. I needed to join them. And, and being far away from those people wasn't going to give me the exposure and the opportunity to be able to support their mission. So it was more of, of a, a need of service and a need of being close to the Dalai Lama so that I can help in the spread of his mission, of his message to the world. And this is all in alignment to who you really are, just from what I know about you, Jorge. I love that. Yes. Do you, are you planning, do you even know what your future looks like? I know we can never tell, but what, what is your desires and what is your... Again, how you see yourself in the next year? Because I'm, I'm going to check back with you, by the way, and we're going to see how much of this manifests. Because I know everything you're asking for is going to manifest. So, this is your time to ask. <laughs> how do you see yourself? Well, um, I see myself actually on a daily basis, uh, waking up every day with a sense of fulfillment and joy that the next 24 hours are going to be fully dedicated to being of service to the world. Oh, I love that. I love that. It is such a, an energy. It's something that I even see how my voice starts to get louder and louder. It is something that for such a long time I have pursued, I have dreamed of, you know, in terms of the law of attraction, in terms of being able to, to you know, as I was coaching people before, in terms of how can they bring more joy to their life and and i told yeah. myself how can i be talking to people about the things that i am not doing i am waking up every day to do something that for the next nine hours it feels like going into a box in which at six o'clock i'm thrown out into the world again and then i hopefully i'm able to reconnect with myself or with my loved ones so when when you say about how do you see yourself? I see myself doing exactly the same things that I do today, exactly the same amount of effort and energy that I will continue to put into my day because I know that the more energy, the more effort to the law of attraction that we put into the world, all those things start to manifest. The more you are there, putting your energy and effort into it, it's incredible how many people uh, come to, to this realization, to this meeting of, of paths, so that together you can create something bigger than, than yourself. In terms of the actual physical expression of, of, the, of the goals that I have for myself and our 
organization is that uh, we're going to be building uh, a four-story building, which is going to be a university. It's going to be an academy where people come in from all over the world. They're able to connect with the locals. There's a lot of uh, specifically monks and nuns that for a very long time, they have gone through this monastic life. And they are also interested in meeting the world. From For Tibet world, our slogan is, that is the place where Tibet meets the world and the world meets Tibet. We want to create this opportunity so that individuals that have all this knowledge about Tibetan values, about how to live a compassionate life and a service to others are able to meet with others. So there's going to be an exchange of knowledge. Whoever has the information is going to share with the other one. And then we're both going to be able to connect in this place. We're going to be having healthy food. We're going to be meditating doing yoga, being able to go on tours around the city. We're able to learn how to monastics live, how do locals live. We're able to give people the opportunity to learn about Tibetan refugees, about the culture of India, which is such an amazing uh, place full of different people from all over the world, religions. Um, there's just so many places, so many things that we're going to be able to exchange in this place called Tibet world. Wow. I'm, I'm really excited about your journey. And I have such a sweet spot for Tibetan people. My, one, my best friend lived in Tibet, and she and her husband taught there for a while. And she told me story after story of their compassion and the love, and, but also their struggles. I mean, they were in the part of China where they're being controlled, and it's really sad. So to have the Dharamsala, the place for them to be a refuge, and people like you who are going in there and helping support them and, and thousands of others, it's just, um, this is how we change worlds, right, Jorge? Yes, it's incredible how even though they have lost their country, even though they, have, they were forced to be separated from their families, like, for example, Yishi, he's the director of Tibet World. He left Tibet and he was only able to give a sign of being alive to his family after seven years because he was a shepherd. He lived in a rural part of northwest uh, Tibet. So only after seven years, his family finally found out that he was alive. Wow. And only after seven years of, of being in India is that he was able to go back to his family just to be able to, to show them love, to show them appreciation. So you have this community that has continued to kept this love for the world and for humanity after so many things have happened to them. And they continue to share this message of, of love and compassion with the world. And, mm -hmm. and, and that is something that for me, he has inspired a lot and as well as a, as a team that, that work at, at Tibet World and then all the volunteers that continue to come and, and continue to be inspired by by the, 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 the efforts that are done. It's incredible. Like one of my roles is to coordinate volunteers when they come. And sometimes uh, we have groups of especially college students uh, that, that show up and they basically say, hey, how can we help? And then we immediately connect with the students. They're able to talk to each other. They're able to have an amazing experience. And then at the end, they're able to tell the story so that we can share that with other people as well. I love that. Will you do me a favor, Jorge? Will you be sure to keep 
posting stuff on Facebook so the rest of us can see your journey. And I don't know if there's a way for people who are listening, if there's, a, you know, if they want to learn more about the organization you're with, do you have any information on that? Or is that something that people can inquire about? Uh, yes, definitely. So we are uh, on the web, uh, tibetworld.org.org. And that's Tibet, T-I-B, like boy, E-T, and then the world, the word world. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Tibet World, so Tibet uh, underscore world. And then also on Facebook with the same. So you can find us in Instagram, in Facebook. Uh, we are on, on the web. And um, and everyone is, is, is welcome to, to join us, to like us, to, to send us positive vibes. Everyone is always welcome. Jorge, thank you so much for sharing your journey and for being on my show. I'm so inspired by you. Well, thank you very much for this wonderful opportunity. I feel very honored that, um, that you had decided to be able to um, welcome me back into the U.S. Uh, with this such a great opportunity to be able to be re-inspired and then being able to inspire you as well and then be able to feel your energy and, and continue to see your success and how many people continue to be driven for, by your energy and your willingness to help without uh, you know, basically unconditional love to all of us like me. You, I'm always going to say it, especially here, oh. how you always welcome me with such open arms and such a huge hug that it was just incredible. I, I always, you know, sometimes, I think not sometimes, all the time, all we need is a hug. And it's a hug that, that reminds us of humanity and about the opportunities that we have to work together to to share each other's love because we're love and we can continue sharing love. So thank you very much for that. Oh, you're welcome. I've got goosebumps from that. Thank you, Jorge. That's really sweet. I miss seeing, I miss giving you hugs. So if you ever come to Portland, you come find me. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you're as inspired by Jorge as I am. And I will be posting all that information about the website on this podcast. But if there's anyone who's interested in sharing their journey around the law of attraction, I would love to hear from you. Just go to michelle-joy.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E-J-O-Y.com. And thank you everyone for your compassion and love and give someone a hug, right, Jorge? Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and happy manifesting.